I don't accept it as a movement. Um, doesn't mean that people who do, I think, are dumb or wrong. Or anything. it just means that I don't. I just don't. I see people as people. It was always, in my mind, celebration of an individual's right to choose his or her life, like way of living. Problem with movements is that movements start to lose, I think, quite often sight of humanity, like human beings, individuals. And I think in Straight Edge, people who really pushed the idea of a movement, especially a militant movement, really lost sight of human beings. I don't want people ever to use my words ever to injure anybody, ever. That is the antithesis of my desire in life. I think it's unfortunate that this minority of people who've engaged in fundamental and violent behaviors have gotten so much attention and have put such a stigma on it. But it is a reality. And the only way that they're really fueled is by supporting the notion that their cause is a just one. I just think that's a bunch of bullshit. Presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the century university. A study on the wise field. Alright everybody, welcome to episode 273 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be Mr. Jacob Bean, sitting right across from me, making his illustrious return back to the back to the studio, is the Brown Recluse, Mr. Artro. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions, what the fuck is going on, America? Guys, go to cavemancoffee.com, check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans, they got the cacao butter, they got the hibiscus tea. Shout out to my boy Jesus who gave me a free hibiscus tea one time because he was like, I don't like the hibiscus tea. But that's cool, dude. You don't have to like it. Just buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a picture of yourself drinking it. Take a picture of yourself wearing the hats, wearing the sweatpants, wearing the fucking hoodies. It's, I, I'm i already thinking about hoodie weather, dude. Oh, yeah. I was already looking through like things that I could wear during wintertime. I was already like, you know what, dude? Uh, this, is the, this is the year, dude. I'm going to make it a point to wear like hockey jerseys more this year. Okay. Like, just because like I never get to wear my hockey jersey. I never do it. But like I was like, I'm wearing this basketball jersey today. Nothing special. The NBA season's not even going on. Like this is the off season. I'm just going to fucking wear. Those wear, are the uh, old school Taco Bell colors. This is Yeah, this is the Fiesta Night colors. Yeah, okay. this is, it looks very Miami Dolphins to me, but. Um, I, I like it. I, I actually, it, yeah. I actually really like this. Um, I talk shit about Nike a lot, but they did a good job with the. This is the seventy fifth year anniversary ones, 
I think they did a decent job, and I'm excited for their next year ones, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, uh, guys, go to kmancoffee.com. Use promo code AMERICA at checkout to receive 15% off. Tell them Art Jacob sent you. Thank you. Yes. So with that said, everybody, make sure you head on over to sucreapparel.com, our other sponsor. Uh, check out the great array of merchandise that the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has put together and designed with her own two hands. So support independent, strong women like the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch. Uh, buy yourself something. Buy yourself a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, uh, sweatpants, uh, those shorts that are made out of sweatpants material because apparently they make your junk big as well. It does not have to go down to your ankles or that illusion to occur. Uh, go on over there. Fill Wait, your, your dick has to go down to your ankles? Or I'm sorry, <laughs> I... I, sorry, I I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> no, you know how like people are always talking about how sweatpants make your junk look bigger? Okay. Yeah, so you don't need to get the sweatpants. You, you can also get the sweat... You're going to get the sweatpant shorts. Dude, that's a, dude, that's really popular right now. Yeah. I So last weekend when I was in LA, I saw a lot of people wearing that, and I was like, that looks cool. It looks like you just got done working out in a prison yard. Because that's the thing. Like In prison <laughs> yeah. yards, that's what they do. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. But all of them were doing like shirtless, and I ain't going shirtless yeah, on that. I'm good on that, baby. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I guess it, it it makes the same illusion. So you don't mm-hmm. have to have your pants down to your ankles. It'll give you the illusion that your dick is hanging down to your ankles because of the sweatpant mm-hmm. material, whatever fucking optical illusion that it does there. Or maybe it, it maybe it codifies the package and increases blood flow and increases size and strength and stamina right, and all right, that right. shit or whatever, like gas station dick pills. But anyways, <laughs> head on over to sucreapparel.com, enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But Art, we're not here to talk about gas station dick pills or making your junk look bigger. Art, what are we here to talk about today? Guys, we're here to talk about um, a topic that's been kicked around a while, but just never got around to it, and then we finally got around to it. So, um, you know, we talk about musical genres from time to time. This is not a musical genre, but this is a subculture, I guess, of a musical genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about straight edge today. And the straight edge, straight edge lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, which we've we both been to like metal shows and hardcore shows and things like that, punk shows, and um, we've encountered it. We've been, we've seen the the straight edge lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Greg straight edge for a long time? Yeah. Now he's not. Now he's not because he fell off the edge. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a whole different conversation because I always think like. Technically, I guess my mom is straight edge, <laughs> like, but my mom don't claim it. Like, <laughs> my mom's in straight edge longer than Greg has. Yeah, I know. She's so, more punk than him. Huh? Yeah, it's like okay, all right, Greg. My mom's gonna jump you now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Pop you in your fucking mouth. Yeah, but boy. Yeah, I don't know, but it is like something that we've uh, we've encountered, and it's it's been an interesting topic that um, just long overdue. I'm I'm glad we're covering it because. According to you, I didn't listen to any other podcast about this, but like according to you, there's a lot of podcasts that do this topic and do it wrong or do, just not entertaining. It's just boring because there there is some history that that needs to be discussed and if you're a layman or you don't know what the fuck straight edge is and you just listen to this podcast about it, if you if you're a concerned parent or whatever, right? Your your son or your daughter, they they come home from high school and they got tattoos from head to toe and a bunch of X's across their their hands. You want to know why you download an episode or a podcast to figure it out or whatever. 
you're not going to learn anything from it. Or you're just going to fall asleep. Like, yeah. oh, the reason why I became straight edge is because I wanted someone to pop me in my fucking nose if I took a sip of alcohol or looked at Pornhub too long kind of thing. Huh. And it's always like, oh, okay, that's nice, but we're not here to stroke each other's egos or... But anyways, yes, uh, hopefully we do a good job on this uh, well, podcast and you guys learn a little bit. L- let me ask you this. So I, you know, anytime we do a topic like this, um, I think it's always cool to start with. Um, how were you introduced or when did you find out about Straight Edge or what was your introduction to it? I guess high school because uh, we talked about this on the Patreon. Uh, punk, the, the punk genre was huge. Uh, in high school, uh, you know, with the skate community, you know, this is like where you first hear about like the Misfits, the Dead Kennedys and bands of that ilk. Like I was always like aware of like popular bands like Nirvana and Motley Crue and Metallica and all that shit or whatever. Right. Like whatever MTV or, you know, Crab Radio would play or whatever. But like the punk genre or whatever really blew up with like skate culture in high school. That's like when that really got popping. And then there was always like an offshoot of that uh, where it was like the straight edge kids. Right. And then, like, eventually, like, those straight-edge kids, like, you would see them, you know, after high school, like, when they were of legal age to start getting tattoos and, you know, the X, like I mentioned, you know, X's, you know, tattooed on their, uh, the back of their hands and, you know, get face tattoos looking like Post Malone and, but, like, they, they subscribe to this very sober lifestyle. They didn't drink. Mm. Uh, they didn't smoke. Uh, some of them, you know, abstained from, you know, casual sex uh, a lot of them were like anti-porn, anti-abortion, and it kind of like went down the road of like ver- like a very conservative thought. But then there was also uh, straight-edge kids that were very radical left as well, and like that always like struck me a weird way. Like like how does where does the lines blur, and how do you get like it's the same premise, but then like two different trains of thought kind of thing, and you know. Well, we'll, I guess, kind of cover, like, those two trains of thought. But, yeah, it was around, like, those those formative years, yeah, high yeah. school and college. Yeah, same here. I think um, my junior year of high school, my buddy asked me if I wanted to go see a, a straight-edge hardcore band. There were, like, a couple of, like, straight-edge hardcore bands that were from the high school I went to, and they were going to be playing at Jerry's Pizza. And I had never heard that term before, like, straight-edge hardcore band, and I was like, and he explained to me what it was, and he's like, "Oh, it's it's like they're a hardcore band, but they don't drink, they don't smoke." They, and and I was just thinking, like, that sounds fucking lame. Like I was, <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I remember making fun of him and being like, "You're straight edge, like that, like or like, like that sounds like the fucking lamest thing ever." It sounds, and I I I didn't quite get it at the time. Mm. Um, just cause like at the time, technically I was straight edge. Like I wasn't drinking or smoking or anything like that, but like it was, you just, were involuntarily. Yeah. Celibate. It was like, <laughs> it was just like nothing about this is like, I ain't fucking bragging about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it just felt weird to me. So of course I was going to like make fun of it. And then like, um, just going to shows and like seeing that I saw, I, I understood it. But it didn't feel like as in my face until like my after high school years, mm-hmm. where it did in Bakersfield, and I think a lot of like small town communities um, felt it a lot more than like maybe like larger cities where it became like more militarized and yeah. like like crews started to appear. And I thought I think that was when it was like, oh, that's fucking lame, dude. Like yeah. the idea of crews, like I was like, dude, that's fucking one of the weakest things I can think of but 
yeah, that was my introduction to it, and and that was like, you know, I I knew about it from then and lived 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 the lived that time period and and going to their shows and and that sort of thing. But yeah, that was pretty much my upcoming my my upbringing with that. Yeah, um, and you mentioned this that like technically, I guess your mom is straight edge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like I was thinking about this a lot, like when I was doing research on this topic, and I was like. I guess technically, like I'm straight edge too, because I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. Um, I guess, and then I mean, the definition of straight edge varies depending on who you ask. But yeah, yeah. those are like the pillars of that. I guess it like develops more into like okay, veganism, uh, which I'm not, uh, abstains from sex unless you're you're there to procreate kind of thing. Well, I think it's like premarital sex is what they like really mm. abstain from casual sex and whatnot, uh-huh. like just going to the going to the show and trying to swoop up some some chicks or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I guess like that's abstained or whatever, right? So it, it's more or less, it's just like re- rebelling through self-control. Like that, I guess like that's that's the original intent of, I guess, a straight edge. But then like, like I said, depending on who you ask, there's different offshoots of it or different definitions to be considered straight edge. Yeah, I I mean, but that I would say that the the biggest blueprint is the no drinking, no smoking, and like being very united with your fr- fellow friends. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean that's how I always interpreted it, and like that's the blueprint. I mean, there's even in in the in the straight edge world, there's like little like subdivisions where like I don't know if you want to talk about like when they're like all posy or whatever, yeah. like living their positive life, core and, and things and that. But, core. But, but I remember when like it was when it was the most like in my face. That's when like the crews were big in Bakersfield and everybody. All of a sudden, like everybody was claiming straight edge and like like or like they were like in like FSU or something like that. Like mm. the the fuck, fuck shit, shit up. up. And like, that's when I was like, this is kind of lame because a lot of those dudes were, were like barely straight edge. And like, you could tell it, they were just doing it because it was like the thing, thing to, to do. do. And that's always lame to me. Like when people just do things cause it's like the thing to do. It's, you don't really actually believe in it. You're just mm-hmm. doing it cause like all the fucking other dudes around you are doing it. And like all of a sudden, like everybody lost an uncle to drugs or an aunt or something, or their mom was abusive to them. It was like the whole like Jonathan Davis thing, where like yeah, every like corn kid was like raped or whatever. Like everyone had their like molestations story or whatever. Yeah, like, it was like that with straight edge kids, where all of a sudden like everybody was like, oh, this is why I'm abstaining from drugs because of this. And it was like, mama had some wild turkey one time and touched my ass with the belt. Yeah, and it was like. And it was, a lot of it was like suburban, like white kids from like the nice part of town. You're absolutely right. It wasn't. I never saw a poor kid right from the ghetto like claim that. I mean, eventually, yes, it would as it would catch on in popularity. Yeah. You would have like one person like out of the hood that would do this. But yeah, you're right. It was very much at a least for us. Thing. But the the big difference is like this is us in California in the 2000s, mm-hmm. going back to the origins of it, like when it came out of the grittier parts of like where I would say New York, Boston, Washington, D.C. area, where, like, hardcore was very much thriving. Mm-hmm. And you had bands like the Bad Brains that were coming out with, like, punk but also hardcore. And in a way, you know, they introduced the idea of, like, positive mental attitude, the PMA thing, like the PMA mentality of Bad Brains. And I think that caught on to a lot of people where it was, like, PMA, like, 
you have to have that positive mental attitude. Mm -hmm. And like, I still, like, I love Bad Brains. Bad Brains is one of my favorite bands ever. And I like, I die on the hill of like them being like the blueprint that everyone rips off when it comes to like, like hardcore or like punk or like, you know, that whole thing. Like pretty much every band rips off Bad Brains. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, even the idea of like PMA, Bad Brains did not abstain from from drugs and alcohol. Like Bad Brains was very much into reggae as well. Like mm. they later down the line in- introduced like reggae elements to their music, and like smoking weed was a big thing with them. And like they were, um, they were just known for that. Like yeah. they were not abstaining from from which dr- which was drugs and alcohol. Which I mean, in when music during this time, we're talking about like late seventies, early eighties, or whatever. Which is like not unheard of, right? Like the sixties had already passed, like with the whole acid rock movement, which yeah. was rebelling against the very like uptight, you know, uh, you know, culture of you know their elders and whatnot. Like the the whole counterculture was rebelling against any everything and everything from like the fifties, the Ozzy and Harriet thing, right? Grow your hair out long, uh, tune in, drop out, whatever the fucking saying was or whatever, right? And then the seventies like gave way to like bands like Pink Floyd. It was very much like a drug band or whatever, right? Like yeah. you can smoke some weed, listen to Dark Side of the Moon and whatnot. And then also too, you know, fast forward, you know, to the nineties, like. One of the best rap albums of all time, The Chronic, which is named after a fucking, like, a strain of weed, and on the CD or in the vinyl is, like, a big-ass pot leaf or whatever, right? So some of the best music of all time was inspired by people, like, on drugs. Like, even, like, like metal music, you can even tell, like, when it goes from being, like, doom and gloom from Black Sabbath to when, like, oh, this is the point where everything starts to speed up because bands discovered cocaine <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. like so some of the best songs of the 20th century were fueled by drugs and drug culture you know from the counterculture and whatnot but during this time that you're talking about the late 70s early 80s you're starting to see like the repercussions of drugs not every you're like you're not gonna fucking drop acid and you know start a band and it's gonna be as big as pink floyd like no that's that's a unicorn that's that's not going to happen. More times than not, you're going to find like broken homes, broken relationships, addiction, ruined lives, early death and whatnot. And a lot of people within, you know, the hardcore community, particularly the DC community, started to take note and were saying like, mm, that that lifestyle is not for me. Well, I think the the polarizing thing and the popular thing when it goes back to the origins of like what punk rock is is you look at a band like the Sex Pistols or something like that, mm-hmm. where it was like drugs and sex was very much in your face, where it was like they oh, were... Oh, Sid and Nancy, that yeah. whole story. That is a fucking sad-ass story, and it's fueled by drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Yeah, and I think as more aggressive, faster bands started coming along, like the Bad Brains, there was a new... There was a little bit of a divide from like the punk attitude thing with like the mohawk and the patches and like the drugs and the sex and like you know whatever you know that that whole thing it was like yeah that's cool but you guys are all just becoming like copy and paste versions of yourselves Mm -hmm. when like bad brains came out and like mad ball came out and that sort of thing where it was like this is like hardcore it's angrier but it also has like a purpose it has a purpose like these guys aren't just saying this sucks they're saying like this sucks and this is what you need to do about it. Like this sucks and like like here here is the solution. And that was that's the big difference between punk and 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 hardcore. I think hardcore always has it's like is like 
don't just fucking whine about it. Like, do fucking something. do something about it. Like, this is what we're fucking doing. Like, we're here for each other. Like, it's more of a brotherhood, and it does attract some of that, like, meathead mentality to it, and I think that maybe pushes people away from it. But at the same time, it, it generally has a relatively positive attitude towards mm-hmm. everything. It's angry and it's pissed off, but it wants fucking solutions. Mm-hmm. And I think of that, you know, a band like Minor Threat comes out of this, you know, this mishmash of things that are going on just as aggressive just as violent i was talking to my girlfriend about this because my girlfriend loves minor threat and my girlfriend like grew up with all these like punk records and my girlfriend was like saying like you know it's so weird that they were that influential when really they just had like three (laughs) albums really it's like when you converge all those three albums you really have like barely one album worth of work correct and the one song that most people stick to is when they do straight edge which is i think like 43 seconds. 43 seconds, yeah. It's like in the 40s, very short song. But the big thing that he says is like, I got straight edge. And like, you know, basically breaking down the the thing of saying like, I'm not going to live my life to to conform to this like drug-induced like Sid and Nancy type of lifestyle. Like, I got straight edge. I don't have like drugs. I'm not relying on this. Poisons. Yeah. And like, and you know, they were... Um, Ian from from uh, from Minor Threat was very much way ahead of the curve <laughs> on on a lot of the stuff. Like he was very, much, but you could tell it was him. Like that's still him to this day. Correct. Like vegan, straight edge, like living the life that he wants to live. Um, and I think a lot of people thought like that is cool. Like you're right, there is something cool about this. And like, ban- a, a lot of bands gravitated towards that because they identified with that. Like they also didn't want to live the Sid and Nancy lifestyle of like, Odin and all this shit that was because they were on. burning out fast and it didn't give any credibility to the movement because they're, I mean, like it or not, like there was a spirit to it, that spirit of rebellion, that spirit of be yourself, and even even Ian Mackay of my Minor Threat, the lead singer that Art was talking about. Uh, there's several YouTube videos like where he talks about like him growing up where it was just like drinking just was like something to do. Like when you become an adult, you have to drink beer. Like it's it's just it's just a bunch of part of life is drinking a glass of water or taking your vitamins or eating or pooping or anything like that. Right. Like it's just like when you're an adult, you, you got to start drinking beer. And he would tell about how like, you know, he would take a sip of his dad's beer like when his dad would go, you know, tell him to go get him one. And he was like, man, this just doesn't do anything for me, which resonates with me because like for years, like I would go to parties and like I would force myself to drink and it it just, I just did it because I was like, oh, I guess this is just the thing like I got to do. I didn't enjoy the taste. Like I didn't, yeah, it made me goofier and more fun to be around and whatnot. But like the next day was just like, oh, now I got to recoup or whatever, right? Like the rest of my Sunday or Monday or whatever is shitty because of this and whatnot, right? And I have no recollection really of what happened like that Friday or Saturday night or whatever. It just didn't sit well with me. And Ian McKay, like when he was like, you know what? Like, why, why should I do this? Like, why, why? Like he kept asking that question, why? And he was also influenced a lot by, you know, counterculture music like Jimi Hendrix. And he mentions listening to the song by Jimi Hendrix called If Six Were Nine. And, you know, just to paraphrase that song, it's all about, like, just let me live my life how I want to live. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking, you know, that's exactly, that's the message of the movement. Like, don't just copy and paste, you know, the clothing or the hair or, 
you know, the, the drug choices that I am, just be yourself, even if it's the opposite of it. So that spirit of rebellion that was the counterculture music of the 60s, that spirit of rebellion that was, you know, punk rock in the 70s, I'm going to rebel against the Sid and Nancy's because I want to be more suited and more present to stand up against the mainstream. Yeah, you know, not to do a little too much ass kissing here, but um, I talked to you about this before we started recording, but he not only does Minor Threat, but he also does Fugazi, and I think Fugazi is like a way better band. And um, Fugazi also gets like lumped into like the the like because at that point he he doesn't look punk anymore. Like when he's doing Fugazi, like they just it looks look like, like he's a part of REM or something. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they look like such a like bland looking group of guys. But Fugazi is like amazing, and like everyone always talks shit about Fugazi because like you know it got played on like college radio or whatever and yeah. it's like way more like organized and like well put together and stuff i love fugazi just want to say fugazi is like amazing um but anyways moving on yeah <laughs> just just a little bit of ass kissing there because i think fugazi gets slept on a lot by people if yeah. you if you want something amazing to listen to go listen to fugazi yeah so um minor threat humongous influential band of the hardcore dc area whatever we even talk about that that whole era of like you know hardcore you know dc punk influenced a lot of things we talked about it like on the emo episode and whatnot uh but his music historians say that there's three eras of uh straight edge there was the initial hardcore scene which you know starts with you know minor threat song you know, <laughs> straight edge. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of bands start to take note. Um, you know, there's uh, other instances. The Gorilla Biscuits were the big one. Uh, in my opinion, they were the big one that. Yeah, there's uh, keep their song called Keep It Clean by the Vibrators. I'm Straight by the Modern Lovers. And it's just like this whole like movement of like, hey, like we're, we're, we're cleaning up our act to be more focused, to, to fight the man basically or whatever, right? And it wasn't so much of a, of a copy and paste kind of thing. It was more or less like, this is what we're choosing to be and whatnot, right? Like Ian was saying like, hey, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, but I still take aspirin. You know, I'm a, I'm gonna have sex, but you know, it's not gonna be just like you know promiscuous like sex or whatever. I'm not gonna go cruising for the poon on a Friday or whatever, right? Uh, but also, I'm gonna drink my coffee and I'm gonna you know drink you know a soda here and there or whatnot, right? Uh, but it starts to get a little bit more rigid and regimented during the youth crew era, which happened around like the mid '80s, uh, and that this is where Art mentioned. You know, this is where it starts to spill out from DC and into like the New York area, the the tri-state area, Connecticut, New. Jersey and whatnot and a big band that came out of it was called Youth of Today and uh, basically it it became more organized and it became more of a like oh if you're gonna if you're gonna ride with us if you're gonna come to our shows there is no drinking there is no smoking there is no individualism You, you have to be you have to subscribe to these values and this is like where it starts to become more less of like like a personal movement and more of a more of a what does Ian call it? Kind of a, a fundamentalist movement. Mm, yeah, that I mean that makes sense. I I could see that. Youth of today was definitely like one of the big ones that that um, that really put hardcore, not just hardcore, but like hardcore straight edge on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a really interesting time. I I would imagine like looking back at it. I mean I wasn't alive during most of this, but like. 
looking back at it, I can only imagine like living in that time period and seeing these bands, pretty iconic bands like Youth of Today and and Gorilla Biscuits and that's that sort of thing like coming through town and and just like fucking destroying your town but at the same time like none of them were drinking none of them were smoking and like they were <laughs> very united you know they like, weren't just wild ass vikings and shit like motley crew and shit yeah like, yeah very focused yeah yeah and and not to fast forward too much into like into like the future there but you brought up motley crew and i think that that was that's a good segue into you know what would happen later on there's the, in the 80s there's a second kind of like second coming there of, of of what was happening there where it was a little more um unless you had more to say on the on the origins of it but in, in the in the 80s there was like the just say no campaign that was like really big and like they really gravitated towards that and like it was this very anti-drug movement mm. and we talked about this a little bit on the patreon how like new york that area like they were kind of going through like a heroin epidemic at that Correct. time period so i can only imagine how like you know, they wanted to be the, their own thing. Like, we're like, we, you gotta like, you know, it's easy to say like, no, I'm not going to like drink. I'm not really a big drinker, but these people were just like hard. No, like no drinking at all. Nothing at the show, nothing that would lead us down a path of like self-destruction or anything like that. I could see how, how, how that would happen, especially for that time period in those larger cities where like they're, devices are everywhere oh yeah like la has crack epidemic at this time like you mentioned new york with the heroin epidemic and you know there's chicago new orleans like all these big cities or whatever like that it's the repercussion of the counterculture drug movement or whatever yeah, like yeah. that's cool like yeah be an individual or whatever but you got to take some responsibility for your vices yeah um and so i would say like going closer to the late 80s early 90s era I think, I think seeing bands like that, like the big hair bands, the Motley Crues, and things like that, like I, th- I think that that was the big thing that also happened with like those DIY shows where people were handing out flyers talking about veganism and like mm-hmm. drug free lifestyles and and that sort of thing. It was it was the counterculture to the Motley Crues and all that stuff that was going on, and th- that's the part to me that I was like. Hell yeah, dude, because I've always hated Molly Crew. Like, <laughs> everything that Molly Crew stands for, I always fucking hate. But, like, I was, I get that. Like, that element of it, like, you see that, and it's just like, dude, that's fucking trash. And, like, I could see how, like, before there was internet, like, there was the DIY handing out flyers at shows and, like, mm. spreading the word to ve- veganism and, like, trying to, like, you know, cruelty-free thi- things that are more commonplace now, like, cruelty-free yeah. and, like, animal testing is like out out the door even though it still happens uh but people were starting to become a little more like aware yeah aware of what was going on that like happy farm that you see you know at the grocery store like when you go to pick up your eggs and your milk like that wasn't reality it was more fucking mechanical you know these animals are unhealthy more times than not these animals are sick these animals are treated horrible they're tortured before you know their meats you know, being, you know, taken from them and even like the baby cows and like the, the you know, it, it just, that's a whole, those are whole other topics for whole other times or whatever. But like as being more aware, you know, these straight edge folks and whatnot, you know, they were taking a stance against those industries and becoming, you know, the vegans and vegetarians and whatnot, just because it was like, yo, like this needs to change. And if the change is, is that I need to stop partaking in these foods, then so be it. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's the big thing, you know, cruelty free things. That's that's a big thing that gets overlooked in the whole straight edge thing. And that's another thing, like fast forward to like our understanding of it. I don't remember any of those motherfuckers like being like animal free, like it like they like the bands, they like the shows, they like the environment and yeah, maybe they abstain from like drinking sometimes. But they would still come with me to Taco Bell. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it was like okay. Hey whatever. dude, you want to get some Carl's Jr.? I also think that maybe I have a negative perspective of it because I, you know, I knew it from Bakersfield, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like we weren't in a big city where it, like there wasn't a big heroin epidemic going on. It was just people wanting to fit into something here in mm-hmm. Bakersfield, and so I don't know. It kind of created kind of like a sour taste in my mouth. But anyways, going back to this time period, you know, rebelling against that, re- rebelling against that, it kind of infiltrated towards some of the bigger, more popular bands. Obviously, like, bands like Nirvana were on the come up. But even, like, Nirvana was still, like, very drug-oriented. Oh, yeah, Kurt. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like, that was still happening, like, all the grunge bands were still, like, depressed and, like, always, like, on drugs. Like, yeah. it, it just, it, it was very much, like, fuck that grunge shit. Like, we wanted to be, like, not not lumped into that. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like, that was, like, the third or second wave or whatever, like, yeah. lumping the eight, late 80s, 90s wave of of the of the um of the of the straight edge movement here like and it again that's a pretty unique one like that's that's when like i guess it started to become more popular like the symbol of the x was really adopted around this time period um and that even came from even makai's one of his earlier bands called like the teen idols mm-hmm. i guess like you know to to Quentin Tarantino, this shit to go back in our time machine. I guess like in 1980, when the Teen Idols, you know Ian McKay's band before Minor Threat, uh, they were touring the West Coast and they were at San Francisco's. Um, I'm gonna butcher the name, so I'm just gonna call it Marbury Gardens. Uh, they were denied access from this club because they were underage, and Ian was just like, "Yo, like we're not gonna drink. Like we just want to play our show or whatnot, right?" And he goes, "Well, just." put these X's on her hands so that way it lets, you know, the bartenders know and, like, the vendors know that, like, hey, like, they're underage, do not serve them any drinks. So, like, that was their compromise. And so that got them thinking, like, oh, wow, like, why don't we take this back to D.C. and this will allow, you know, more teens to get to our shows. And it kind of became, like, a self-identifier that, like, oh, okay, like, I'm not here to drink, like, I'm here for the music, which kind of gets co-opted into this, like, second wave where, like, everything has like an X on it, you know, like the, the album covers and the fucking, like, even like the, the, the artwork, like where I, there was like an album cover, like where it was like two like gavels and whatnot, like in the X and the X just was like a, a signifier of like straight edge, like even so much where it's just like the straight edge. Like you'll see it like in uh, old school, like AOL aim, like profiles where it's like uh S E, but there's like an X in the middle, like even hardcore. It's like, H X C and it's just like it's just to signify this is like hardcore straight edge. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the X in general like you'll see it a lot. It's it's kind of weird that like hardcore and like straight edge artwork is like really popular right now. Like you'll see it on like sports logos and things like that where they use the X and they put the like the initials of the letters thing. That's a yeah. hardcore thing. Yeah. I remember when when I was in high school I had a I had a glass jaw um, shirt and it had like the two baseball bats, which was an X, because Justin Justin uh, does all the artwork for Glassjaw and Justin Straight Edge. So he there's a lot of X stuff in 
in uh in glass shell so you have two baseball bats that are crossed and then it was like an eight eight and then the glass shell symbols and it was like it was like you know like the the symbol the symbol like the symbols were like really important and they still are important like yeah it's one of those things that like if you don't know if you don't know like don't wear it like because you don't know who you're gonna cross like you don't want to be caught drinking a beer when when you're wearing one of those shirts <laughs> kind of things, you know, like yeah, which leads into like a third movement, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, the 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 X really took off around this time period. Like, it became a thing. You all of a sudden, you started seeing it like on every flyer. That way, you knew it was going to be a straight edge show. Mm. You knew that it was going to be like an underground thing. It wasn't going to be like your fucking like Motley Crue show. This was mm. not, you know, keep away the hairband guy. Keep away like you know the fucking grunge fans or whatever like you know that was a popular movement at the time but like it wasn't going to be allowed at this show like this was going to be like fucking fast aggressive and there's not going to be any alcohol or drinking mm-hmm. or anything like that here um and then fast forward to the third wave really and this is really when i think both of us become more introduced Correct. to it because you know now we're teenagers and um we first encounter it and again like i, I remember i told you like i that guy told me like, Hey, there's going to be a hardcore show, but it's a straight edge hardcore band. And I was like, that's fucking weird, dude. And even though at that time I was a big Glassjaw fan, but I didn't understand the straight edge thing, you know? And before yeah. Glassjaw, there was a band called the sons of Abraham, which were like a, a straight edge Jewish hardcore band. And like, which is already like a fucking lot yeah. of things to be in one band. But, but like I knew about the sons of Abraham and I knew about like, glass jaw i knew all this stuff that was going on but i never put two and two together that there was no drinking no smoking none of that was going to happen at these shows and so like it it was it was a fucking whole new world like going to these shows and like understanding that this is not like the bands that i had grown up seeing like a, a deftones or a or a or a corn where they're like all about drinking and all about drugs drugs like that's not happening at these shows but these shows are like way more violent and way more aggressive than what you know I was seeing on like a corn video or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That was my big introduction to it. But really, once I left high school and I started to see like the blueprint of what like these kids not like all pretty much like wore the same clothes. Like they were all wearing like gym shorts and like fucking ready to like fucking mosh clothes and stuff like that and like all of them for some reason had the same blueprint cut and paste story about how like so and so <laughs> like fucking had alcohol poisoning once and now they're gonna live a, a straight edge lifestyle for the rest of their lives mm. even though like every straight edge person I knew back then isn't straight edge anymore yeah um, it's fucking weird even like the vegan people I knew back then aren't vegan anymore I know they're at Salty's Barbecue every Sunday and shit yeah. Um, yeah, and this is this movement that we're we're talking about right now is called the militant movement, which happens. They say like in the early '90s, but I think it doesn't really you know pick up steam to like the mid to late '90s, and it kind of you know fades into like the 2000s and whatnot into today. Uh, but this is where it kind of like gets away from like that or- origin that Ian Mackay was talking about, where it's just like when he's listening to Jimi Hendrix, if six was nine. Where it's just like, just let me be myself. Like even Makai even says, like I didn't intend for this to be a movement at all, and like that's like when it goes into like the New York hardcore scene, where it becomes more regimented and it becomes more about community and brotherhood and whatnot. He's like, dude, I had no intent for it to be that way. He even tells like a story 
about how a kid comes up to him and says that, hey, I'm not hardcore because I drink caffeine. And he goes, well, you tell your friend, I said, fuck you, because this is who I am. And then he's telling the story as he's drinking like a big old like cup of coffee and whatnot, which I thought was like adorable as shit, right? And it's like a, like a cute little Christmas mug and whatnot. And he's like, you tell your friend, fuck you, because I'm going to do me. Like, this isn't about, like, I have to be Sir X, Y, and Z to fit your fucking puzzle piece. Like, I'm just, I'm doing me. And if me doing me, like, upsets you, then I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm going to continue, like, going down my road. And so this is, like, we're, like, the third, like, just totally, like, just becomes something totally different than what it ends up to be, where... I was listening to one podcast where a porn star was talking about how she became uh, straight edge. I guess like she was very like like Art was saying. Every now this is how everybody has like their you know addicted to drug story or whatever, right? Uh, she was in the industry. She knew to notice how everybody was like either coked out or on some kind of drug, and you know she had like family members that were on drugs. She just saw like the the, the chaos and decay, and she was going down the road of alcoholism and whatnot. And she said, you know what? Like I needed something stronger than AA. AA is very much like you know Christian based, or it's like hey, if you fall off the wagon. Hey, we're here to support you. It's okay. We'll pat you on the back and get you back on the road. And she said, fuck. Th-. And this is where I was like, ah, oh, this is this is kind of an occult mentality where she goes, I didn't need that. I didn't want that. And I was like, what? Like, it, it's okay. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world if you fall off the wagon as long as you keep getting back on, you know, the road. But she was like, I needed something more than that. That's why I, like, I turned to straight edge because if I fell off, if I fell off the, the edge or whatever she said, she goes, someone was there to fuck me up or whatever. And that's why you su- that's why there is a lot of violence or whatever to like our movement because it's just like we take this shit seriously. This this isn't something to play around with or whatever. And then the interviewer was just like, well, can you explain like the reason for like all the tattoos for like from head to toe or whatever? And a lot of it does have like a lot of the X's or you'll see like a lot of symbolism but we do like yeah, within yeah. the straight edge or whatever, right? And it's just like, yeah, because like once I put this on my body, like I have to live this lifestyle. I can't <clears throat> walk around, you know, identifying myself with like a big old like straight edge tattoo like across my forehead. And then like somebody sees me like at the bar or sees me at Taco Bell or whatever and they're a straight edge or whatever. They're going to hold me accountable and fuck my ass up for it. And I was just like, in theory, like that's cool, but like, in practice like that's fucked up and like that's where it's just like kind of becomes like a culty at that point yeah yeah i get that i mean i i do respect that at the same time like i get that it's it's kind of a culty as you say but at the, at the same time i i just i respect the commitment that they have to to the craft um at the same time period we do see a lot of crews emerging um you get to see the the, the positive side of it the posse a lot of them wear like the posse shirts i sent you that documentary there's like a dude wearing this posse shirt which i never saw that shit in bakersfield i never no. saw i've never seen anyone wear one of those i knew it was there but like that's mostly like the kids who like were probably like mormon and like now they don't drink and smoke but you weren't <laughs> gonna drink or smoke anyways because yeah. mormon kids don't drink and smoke they don't even drink coffee uh, but then you saw like the more aggressive side, like the a- FSU, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fuck shit up crew, friends stand united crew type of thing. Where like I was very aware of that, and that I did see at at Bakersfield shows, and Bakersfield had a lot of that shit where it was like super aggressive, aggro, white dude, like you know, just got done listening to a hate breed song, and now they're gonna <laughs> like, fucking get in a, in a pit right now, uh-huh. and like that. I mean it. 
I don't want to say like that's the part that like jived away. It it pushed me away for two reasons. One was um, a lot of them I didn't feel like were living up to that. Like there's a really popular uh, straight edge band called Half Heart, and Half Heart was really popular around this time period. And I remember like a lot of I knew a lot of people that were into Half Heart, but at the same time I would they would also like go to parties and like drink yeah. and i'm like i thought you guys were like straight edge but anyways and then there's strange people that like really kept their valves or whatever like they yeah. were like living it which is cool but then the other thing that really pushed me away like obviously it being violent was like kind of like mm, i don't know but i always i i never understood the the uh like the fact that you don't have balance in your life i think balance is like really important like there's there's no like there's no one thing you should always be like 100% all the time. Like, like that will kill you kind of thing. You know, like, you know, like if you eat, if you eat a cheeseburger every once in a while, it's not going to fucking kill you. But if you eat cheeseburgers every Every day, day. it's going to, it's not good for you, dude. No. Um, and I always think that that's part of like being an adult and understanding that like, I love drinking beer. Like I do. I, I have beer in my refrigerator right now. Cause it tastes good. I like the way it tastes. I like the way it, you know, I like it on like a, uh, on a hot day. I going back to my high school years, one of the things that I remember my political science teacher talking about, he was also the tennis coach. Um, somebody asked him like, you know, how come do, do the teachers here at school drink or smoke, but like they still make us take dare classes. And he said, he like straight up said like, I, I just want you guys to know that I do drink. I'm the tennis coach, and sometimes we get done after tennis practice, and it's it's like 6.30 at night by the time I'm coming home, and it's hot, and I just want to sit there and have a Corona and sit in my backyard and, like, grade papers, and that's it. And, like, I'm not going out and fucking causing a ruckus or anything yeah. like that. I'm not doing anything. And I always thought that was, like, perfect. Like, the dude is a super responsible guy, I don't see anything wrong with like chilling in your backyard after a long day of work, and, I, and it does not like it's not like he does it every night where he's having a fucking corona or yeah. like. But I always love that, and that's the way I've always viewed drinking. Where it's like I, I've never been a dude that has like more than two beers in one sitting, anyways. Yeah. So like, I did, and I know that there's people that like full on go ape shit and want to do that whole thing, but like, that's. I mean, that's a whole different story. Like, why is it wrong if I'm just going to have, like... A beer. A beer, like, once a week or something like that, when, like, what's the harm in that? Like, Or even a couple of beers or whatever. And I've said it many times um, on this podcast, both on and off, where it's just, like, there there is a difference between somebody that comes on and, like, just gets totally sloshed and inebriated and, it's, you know, it affects the product or whatever, or it shows no self-control. And then there's an example with you where it's just like, I can trust you. Like if you came today, you're like, oh, we're going to do a straight edge. I don't know why you're talking like a, like a redneck. <laughs> like you're, you're going to bring a, like a 40 ounce um, on the podcast for the straight edge show or whatever. Like I trust you. Like I trust you to be able to drive home. If I this was you. an afternoon show, I would have done it. Yeah. It's too early in the day still. True. But like I trust you because you know your limits. Like you're not like I don't. I don't have yeah. to worry just about. Just last you. night I had wine with my family. We're just chilling, playing Mario Kart, and drinking wine. Yeah. I don't view it as like anything negative. It was like me and my sisters and my mom was there and like my brother in law and we were all just chilling. Like the adults were drinking wine and 
that's it. I don't view anything like Jesus drank wine. Like correct. I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> he turned like, the, he turned that shit water into that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I honestly I just I don't view anything wrong with it. Like I just mm-hmm. don't. I also it's kind of like pornography. Like pornography is one of those things that's like. You, uh, Jacob's all Jacob's <laughs> living by himself this week. I'm sure he's gonna enjoy some porn, <laughs> Pornhub type shit. You know, like I don't. And I say, and, mo- and more times than not, <laughs> and I'm talking to you, Ross. A lot of times when I bring that shit up, it's for comedic purposes. Yeah. It's not like I'm like, oh, I can't wait till no, I leave no, so I, I can I, jack off. But it's it's like I. <laughs> <laughs> I might even just squeeze one out right now because like <laughs> he's not looking. But um, I, I again with like the whole straight edge thing, like when it comes to what, that, that that movement, the militant movement, it's called the yeah. hardline movement and whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Where like their whole mantra is, let me pull it up right here, and, and like it just does not jive well with me. But it's like we believe in violence. Oh, you believe in violence? Well, we do too. Yours is against the earth. Ours is against you. And it's just like creating like that invisible enemy, like always like, like rubbed me the wrong way. It's just like, yeah, I don't drink, but like we've done episodes, like when we used to do the St. Patrick episodes where like I would drink. And that's the, that's the funny thing about it because it's like, I don't really like to drink, but I'll drink for this episode because it's funny. It's, it's ironic and whatnot. Right. I fucking don't drink, but I have a bar right when you walk into my house like one of the fucking that's like the first thing you see when you walk into my house that's fully stocked or whatever why do i have it because it looks cool i don't claim straight edge like and it doesn't go against like my beliefs sometimes that's cool to like hey like during thanksgiving like we'll take a shot of this or we'll pour some you know francis ford coppola wine or whatever i'll take my sip and then everybody else will enjoy it whatnot and i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's when you don't show self-discipline or self-control that it becomes a problem and whatnot right same thing with like pornography there's people where like their marriages and you know their lives are ruined because like they have to be jacking off all the time like the bear like on Conan O'Brien or whatever <laughs> like 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 they're just they're just whacking off continuously where it ruins mm-hmm. their life where it's just like most people out there it's just like oh my girl sorry I didn't mean to like be like Jacob's gonna be jerking off <laughs> I'm just saying if no, you no, got, no, if, I you get got you. if you got a week to yourself dude like yeah I'd be I'd be mad at you if it's not at least a once a day type of thing dude like you better save some time and fucking close the curtains. <laughs> hello yeah it's like turn the pictures around no 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 but like it's it's when it's done in moderation not this extremist view mm-hmm. where it's just like these hardline people like they're very against like premarital sex and you know they'll fuck you up if they discover that you had sex with somebody you know casually and it wasn't for the purpose to procreate mm-hmm. and this is where it gets like super like conservative where like they're like fucking militantly against like abortion like the, the, the whole like fucking hardline wikipedia where it's just like they'll fuck somebody up for having abortion even if it was due to rape or incest or mm-hmm. whatever and i'm like dude you're you're like going against yeah like, they the go way th- more conservative and that's like not even what like ian wanted like ian's like super liberal and like yeah hippie peace loving kind of guy and like these guys are like we're gonna fucking start a war and like fucking kill everyone who doesn't believe in what we're we're gonna blow up planned parenthood yeah it's basically like the alt-right all over again but it pretty much is and it goes back to that question of why why are these people like this and i i went down this rabbit hole of like looking at like these people that claim hardline or even people that like in my life did you watch that uh the boston beatdown videos no i didn't see that so like they mentioned it in that documentary, and I'd seen the Boston Beatdown video before. It's basically like they'll have like different different hardcore bands, and then they do like little interviews. And that um, Elgin James guy, the guy that like started the whole like straight edge movement in Boston, like he he's like the main dude over there. 
And he's the dude that started like the fuck shit up crew over there. And like, uh, you know, it's just interviews with him there. And it's, it's pretty cool. Like I do, I do believe it's, it's tough because there's things I do believe and agree with them on. I do believe that like, like we are a society that gets medication, like fed down our throats, you know, like Mm -hmm. big pharma is a big thing. And, and like, he mentioned something about like, you know, like our kids are basically being raised on Ritalin now. And like, that's fast forward, like 30 years, whenever that came out, like it's been about 25 years since that DVD was out there in circulation. It's on YouTube now, I think. Yeah. That's where I watched it. But, um, but like, it is true. Like we are a, a culture that's more and more dependent on medication. And we talked about it a little bit on the mental health episode where it's like you, there's so many like things that, you can do before you're like, okay, well now I'm on antidepressants or like now I'm on this. Cause like, you know, but, but we are a society that just desperately needs medication to, to like get through a day now. And, and I agree with them on that. Like if there is one overlap, I do think that we are a society that's gone too reliant on medication, maybe drugs and alcohol as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there, we are and just I'm talking about society. I'm talking about myself because I think that you know you go to a bar on a Friday night and I'm sure it's popping, it's busy, it's probably like younger people, but even sometimes you see older people there, there, and it's like, what are you doing here, man? Yeah. Like, I get it. Every once in a while, it's just nice to go out and have a drink, and I like drinking wine, and I like, I I like having beers and stuff like that. I enjoy that element of it. I like hanging out with friends and like. You know, no one's going to have to clean this mess at the end of the night kind of thing. Like, all right, well, like, let's take our Uber home and yeah. get the hell out of here. I enjoy that. I'm not going to talk shit on that. But there are the people that are just, like, super reliant, you know. Shout out to my boy Ross, man. Sloppy Poppy. <laughs> They're just, like, 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 where it's just, like, dude, you know, like, maybe join Straight Edge, dude. Like, that might. Mm. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. Like, it's not for me, like, yeah. that whole thing. Because I, I don't need... And that's the big thing about like the second wave where it was just like it became more of a brotherhood. And yeah, yeah. I talked about like that porn star where it's just like, I needed that accountability. Some people need that, you know? And like, I'm not shitting on you if that's what you need in your life. And it was leading me down to like, why do people go into that? Like, whether it be the, the, the hard line straight edgers or, you know, just like the casual like Krishna core ones where it's all about peace, love, and like don't eat meat kind of thing. Like, why do you go into those things? And I think it's like, you know, some people need it, you know, like that porn star or whatnot. But like in the instances that we were talking about, like with, you know, the people here in Bakersfield, it's kind of like a convenient in between where it's just like, I have conservative values, but I don't want to sit there listening to like Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, like Christian music. I still like like, you know, hard music or whatever, but like, I don't want to be considered a Satanist or uh, fucking Motley Crue, like I'm, you know, drinking drugs and all this shit or whatever, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a convenient uh, middle ground where it's just like I get the best of both worlds, and and well, I appreciate it, that conservative, but because like some I, of them, like that's some the one, of it is, but I don't think all of it that, is the ones that I'm talking about. That's what like that's that that why why like why was there a conservative offshoot? Mm-hmm. Because it does facilitate, you know, those those conservative views. Because there is no drinking, there is no smoking or whatever, all this stuff or whatever. It's safe or whatever, right? But it's still hard, right? Yeah. So to me, it's like those people that they're in conflict 
with their own interests or whatever, right? Like me, like I can go to like a metal show, like where there's beer and drugs and, and like people fucking. Like we went to that one Motorhead show that was like out there, like at that uh, that Indian. Oh yeah, the yeah. Uh, San Bernardino Amphitheater thing. Yeah, and these are like sixty year old rockers, and like people were like burning people and all this shit. Like all this chaos was going on down in there and shit. Like I can go to that shit and like stay away from like that element and still have a good time and whatnot. But like I think people like that, like they go into that element and like it scares the shit out of them, right? Or it's just like it sours the music for them. Whereas like like that hard line, like straight edge shit, where it's just like, oh no, this is a safe space for me. But it's not fucking you know Valley Bible <laughs> Christian music church yeah. shit, you know. So like I get I that's answers I guess like the why for me on that. And then I get like I said like even like the non-conservative part of it, right? Like, where it's just, like, like I guess you can call it, like, the Krishna core or whatever, where it's just, like, some people just, like, need that sense of community, like, yeah, with their uh, beliefs, where it's just, uh, like, to me, like, if, I, you know, if you don't like what I like, like, it doesn't bother me, like, let's just chill and have a conversation or whatever. Like, I don't give a fuck. Me and this guy, we don't have a lot of the same interests or whatever. Like, a lot of times, like, our views are opposing, like, whether it be sports or what have you, whatever. But at the end of the day, I love this guy or whatever. Some people can't have that. Some people need to have, like, that herd mentality where, like, everybody is the same. Everybody does the same thing. Everybody dresses the same thing. And I guess that answers the other why on the other side of it, too, as well for me. No, I I agree with you. I mean, I think that I don't want to lump them all into concert, like because there's again the, the oh, yeah. posy thing that I, I think are very much like the Mormon kids that I went to high school with that were straight edge, maybe still are straight edge, and then there's like the more like aggressive kids, and I didn't even know there were like conservative kids in there too, but I guess it makes sense. Well, the hardline ones, those are the it, those are the conservative ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but for the most part, everybody that I've ever encountered there were, were tend to be pretty like liberal like it turns yeah. to be a pretty liberal like don't eat animals and stuff like that which i i believe in as well if you if if again if that's like what you want to do and you don't want to eat animals because you don't want to like bring cruelty to other living creatures i totally respect that like i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck what joe rogan says like that's <laughs> your life like you live it however you want to live it yeah and like but if you're just doing it because that's what straight edge tells you to do, then you're doing it wrong. For the or like wrong that's reason. why, like, if anybody like that's what this is what's popping, like, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah. Like everything in life has to be like because you this is how you want it. I always think which goes back to what Ian McKay was even talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like the this. All right. So let me let me break this down because this is like going to sound like stupid as fuck, but. I was like really into anime. I still like anime, but there was an anime in particular, and I liked the anime so much so that I bought the soundtrack to the anime. And on the soundtrack to the anime, there was a song, and all the songs had like beautiful fucking poetic names. So one of the songs, because they were just instrumental tracks, and one of them was called A World Without Logos. And I always loved that title. Like, I was like, that's such a beautiful title. Just because, like, I've always thought, like, if there's a downfall to society, it's like political parties, like, we, we have, like, this herd mentality where we want to lump our ideas to, like, I'm a Democrat, so I believe in these. I'm a conservative, so I believe in this. Like, I have this, whatever. I'm a Raiders fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm a Broncos fan or whatever it is. We always want to put ourselves into these boxes and logos and, like, that's what we are and that's what we'll be for the rest of our lives and this is what we believe in. And I'm a Bears fan, so I hate Packers fans or whatever. Like, and I always thought it was, like, as soon as I heard that phrase, it automatically like clicked with me where it was like, 
I don't want to do that. I, I do want to live in a world without logos. Like, I do want to live without that. Like, mm. I don't want to ever consider myself a, like, atheist. I don't think of myself as an atheist, even though I don't believe in those. Like, a lot of my ideas would probably be pretty atheist, but I don't lump myself in that because I'm not exclusive to that. I'm not Correct. this or that. I'm not anything. I know that's the cool thing now because everybody has to have pronouns now. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> like... I've never, I've always been super against having like these pronouns of being a liberal, conservative. Like, I'm a pretty liberal person. I was just talking to my family yesterday about how, like, I'm pretty in, in favor of concealing carries. And I know that's like a very conservative ideology of like, I just think that that's where society's at right now. Like, walking in a lone downtown Bakersfield, it's like, you don't know when a fucking heroin junkie's going to try to rob you. And, uh, like, yeah. anyways, but that's a whole different conversation. But I just think, like, the world without logos is a way better world. Like I want people, I want to talk to people for who they are, not because of some bullshit that they clicked on. And now they're labeled as conservative yeah. or Christian or whatever, Muslim, whatever. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I just want to know you for you kind of mm -hmm. thing. And like, I don't give a fuck if you're straight edge or you're posse or you're fucking anti Christ or whatever. Like I just want to like know people for the for who they are, and that's the thing that if anything pushes me away from the whole straight edge thing, it's that mm -hmm. is that you picked this like fucking team to cheer for, and like you're gonna ride and die with that team, like you're fucking cheering for the San Antonio Spurs or the Lakers or whatever you want to cheer for, and I don't know. I mean, I think it's fun when it's in sports, but you have to understand that sports are a fucking it's a game. It's a game. It's a comedy of of entertainment on television, whatever. Like even sports fans kind of root me the wrong way when it turns into like violence or whatever. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like at the end of the day, like we're just cheering for this while we eat our fucking chicken wings. Kind of yeah. thing. Like, and that's it. Yeah. But these people like turn it into a lifestyle where it's like, I'm going to fucking punch people for this. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. And that's the, it, that's my issue with any one of those things. That's like, I don't like to be lumped into those boxes. And I'm right there behind you a hundred percent on that. And like, it, it, it amazes me like how easily people will say that I'm a part of this movement because I'm against this. I'm against labels. I'm against this. But then it turns into that. Like, there was a comedian, he had a joke, and he was talking about goth kids or whatever, right? Like the ones that carry the lunchboxes and have like the contacts and <laughs> we're all black yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Like, uh, like you're rebelling against conformity, but then you conform to this image that has already been established kind of thing, right? And that's the way like I, like I view like straight edge people. You, you said it perfectly when you were like, well, I guess my mom's straight edge because she doesn't partake in any of those things. Like, I guess I'm straight edge because like, I don't partake in most of those things or whatever. Yeah, sorry, I drink caffeine or whatever. I'm not, I guess not real straight edge. But even if, like, I needed that in my life, like, to me, like, that, would, I would feel so lame, like, trying to claim that because it's just like, hey, what if I want to try Stone Cold Steve Austin's beer or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I'm not a beer person or whatever, but I remember when he released his beer, I was like, I want to try that. Like, I want to make myself a steak and a potato and drink a Steve Weiser or whatever, or whatever the fuck yeah, it was yeah. called, right? And I was like, Steve okay. Weiser? No, it was called like- That's the, actually a pretty clever name, actually. And I think that's like <laughs> the WWE version. I think it, his beer is called like the Broken Skull IPA or whatever, right? Uh -huh. But like, it's it's a fucking Steve Weiser or whatever, right? So like, I had a steak, potato, and I drank his Broken Skull IPA or whatever. It was pretty good. Am I going to do it every day? Probably not, because like, I'm not a beer guy. I'd rather have a fucking- a Coke Zero or a Pepsi or fucking just fucking water with my fucking meal. Like I'd much more prefer that, but it's not bad. 
And like, I don't need fucking some fucking gorilla over here fucking is going to beat my ass because I had a fucking Steve Wise or whatever, right? Same thing too, like weed. Like I am totally like in favor of like legalizing weed and whatnot. And if somebody like wants to fucking veg out and listen to the dark side of the moon while they fucking watch like Wizard of Oz, I'm okay with that. That actually sounds like some something fun like I want to do like once I retire or whatever. Just like fucking. You got a week off, dude. I'm not saying. Yeah. Just <laughs> go do it, dude. Just yeah. Might just fuck around and find uh, out or whatever, right? Call uh, War 20 Kingdom and they deliver <laughs> that shit to you, dude. Use promo code America. I need to, I need to hit them up about creating a promo code for us on that shit there you go <laughs> um yeah so like i'm not against that but most of my life like i'm not gonna fucking be smoking weed because i got a baby to raise i got four dogs to take care of a house to fucking maintain and a federal job that i gotta fucking maintain yeah. as well right so and those things are more important to me than fucking getting high on a friday night but then again i don't need somebody fucking some overlord or some community of fucking knuckleheads gonna beat my ass because i did that for my week off or whatever right and it's just like to me, it's just like, that shit's just not for me. It might be for some people, and I respect you if that's the way you need yeah. your life or whatever to hold yourself accountable. But I don't know. Like, I don't I don't like that elitism that comes with it where it's just like, it's us versus them that they were talking about, like in that third wave kind of thing, that, with that, that quote that I gave you. And it's just like, to me, that's fucking lame as shit, and like, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a th- that's the thing that, like, pushes me away again going back to that world without logos thing whatever Mm. like as much as i you know i think it's fun when i see like you know i've been going all these all these galaxy fan galaxy games right and you get to meet these galaxy fans and like you know supporter groups are big in soccer and they get really into it and i'm super it gets you so pumped and like i see them flying out to dallas for an away game and doing all this stuff and i'm like i don't know how much fucking money you guys make but just fucking traveling like crazy like yeah. that but like <laughs> that's a different level of money than what i got going on but they're just that committed you know like they're really committed to this shit like they're organizing all this stuff and like spending the time off to to to, to go paint the tifos and do all the stuff and i'm just like i'll see you guys at the game yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, like like I just don't have that. Plus, I live really far away. So, but you fill your life with other stuff. Yeah, and me. it's yeah. just like to me, it's like I, I love it. I love it, but at the same time, I can't ever commit to that level. Mm-hmm. You know, and call me a poser, call me whatever you want, but it's just like I'll listen. I'll listen to the. I'll watch the YouTube. I'll watch the podcast. I'm, I'm in. I'm. I know what's going on, but man, I I just can't drink the Kool Aid to that level where mm. it's just like my li- I I need too much variety in my life for me to commit that much to one thing or whatever, yeah. right? And it's just like, and that's cool. That's me. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody else has to be like Jacob Pixon because some people they're very homogenized. They they can subscribe to one thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, one thing too that I wanted to put out there, like I I respect Ian and you know all the the stuff that he was he says like in his interviews. But like I would say too, like don't live in don't Messiah these people. He is the Messiah. That, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but like a lot of people like make him into like this Lord and Savior and whatnot. Like even Bobby Lee, like he talks about Fugazi and Minor Threat, like 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 he's like the second coming of Jesus Christ or whatever. Like even him, like some of the stuff I'm like you're kind of bullshit because like he says like well I never meant to make this a movement, and then he goes on to like make himself out a little. I mean not. Well, now he's explicit. got bills to pay, so... Yeah, not explicitly, <laughs> but, like, he, like, well, I'm... But generally, his message is, like, I'm, I am kind of better than you because I don't drink or smoke or whatever kind of thing. And it's like, oh, okay, like, I can't take you seriously. Or he, like, goes on a... Rant. He started going in, like, this old man rant against, like, gangster rap or whatever because he's against, like, the hardline 
uh, uh, straight edgers and whatnot. And he mm-hmm. goes, it's like gangster rap. Like, oh, I, I couldn't sleep at night if uh, if I knew the music that I created created like the violence in the world. And I'm like, oh wow, like you just sound like the old man that's yelling at a cloud right now. Yeah. And it's just like it goes back to the last episode that we did. Like these, at the end of the day, these are just people. They're gonna have their faults. They're gonna. What did we cover last week? Uh, the, di- the death of Dimebag Daryl, like celebrity oh, stalkers right, or whatever, right? right? <laughs> Where I said that, like, you know, your heroes will let you down or whatever, right? Right. And don't deify these celebrities because they're not they're not gods. They're they're just humans like us, which means that they have faults. The same thing with Ian Mackay, you know, yeah. as he's sitting there drinking a big old pot of fucking caffeinated coffee or whatever. Yeah. That's considered not straight edge, even though he's the godfather of the movement. Yeah, yeah. I think also the abstinence thing kind of sucks, like abstaining from sex until marriage type of mm-hmm. thing. That's pretty intense i think um you know I, I know bad brains are not straight edge but i think that hr from bad brains says uh that there's nothing more wonderful than making love to a woman and yeah. then i'm like hr dude <laughs> you you get it dude uh i love hr he's kind of homophobic sometimes but i oh, still really? love hr yeah it, it, that same thing where it's like hr was talking about it's like why would the why would the man want to make love to another man when there's nothing more wonderful than making love to a woman? <laughs> and it's like, I agree with you, but that's still pretty homophobic, dude. Like, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be saying that shit. Which, in straight edge, there is a very large homophobic uh, contingency or whatever, which is also kind of like, ah, okay, I can't. If you're if you're all about individualism, mm-hmm. you got to let those people be them too yeah, as well. Like, so. Yeah. Plus, like, HR, like, why are you judging people, dude? Like, yeah. I love HR. I, I, I do. I love the man. I think he's wonderful. I think bad brains are wonderful, but you know their ideas didn't age like wine sometimes. <laughs> so, all right, Art. So with that said, you got anything else you want to say about Straight Edge? Uh, tell your mommy, Boo Boo Two, Shadow is Jack Mitchell's Warren. About Straight Edge, I would like to say that if you guys are, I'm sure we're on YouTube and stuff like that. We'll get all these comments and hate and saying like you guys didn't talk about this or mm-hmm. all this stuff. If you are Straight Edge and you ever want to come on and talk about it, like. That'd be cool because that's a perspective that we don't have when we don't bring to the episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we got a lot of things wrong and you guys won't agree with us. But I, I'm i always welcome to conversation um, and why you choose to live your life that way. And that's that's cool. I, I think that'd be a cool way to, to do a part two down the line to this episode. Um, um, but that's it. Yeah. And just know that if we got anything wrong, we're coming from a place of ignorance because we, we didn't live it. Yeah. And not only that, like I said at the beginning of the episode, like there's so many different definitions of what straight edge is. Every podcast that I listened up to, you know, the recording of of this podcast had a different perspective of what real straight edge is. Even the creator, quote unquote, Ian Mackay, like even his definition of straight edge differs from what it is today. So it's just like you can talk to five different straight edges, you're going to get five different responses, yeah. I feel like. So. I, I mean, you're not going to please anybody and everybody. That's why I say, like, to me, like, that's why I can never commit yeah. to something that doesn't even have a commitment to itself yeah, <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. So I, I did just remember something, and I just saw that this morning, dude, because I was, like, YouTubing, like, straight-edge things, and uh, there was a thing with CM Punk on there, and I told oh, yeah. you, I can't believe we went this whole time yeah. talking about CM Punk, but CM Punk has one of the cringiest, like, speeches, and I don't know if, like, 
WWE or WWF made him do this, like where he comes out and he's like talking shit about some other wrestler. He's like, Oh, okay, I think I know. And I was like, Why are you doing this, dude? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember I just watched it and I was like, Why are you doing this, dude? You seem like such a likable, nice guy. And like, Uh, I hope WWE made you do this to like make you a villain or something. So, there's so yeah, we, we can't end this episode without talking about CM Punk, who is. The straight edge superstar, like that's his gimmick. But then and I also, think a lot of people like were introduced to straight edge because of him. So I'm surprised we're like this down the line and we just. Oh yeah, by the way, Iron Man's cool yeah, too. Like that's yeah. our Iron Maiden moment. Shout out to episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, CM Punk, his whole gimmick when he was with WWE was he was the straight edge superstar. Like he lived like this straight edge lifestyle. Uh, one of his groups that he had was called the Straight Edge Society, and depending on if he was a good guy or a bad guy. The straight edge thing was used in the positive light, right? Like where it's just like, hey, like my whole goal is to beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and I'm going to use, you know, the me not drinking and smoking to my advantage to get in the best shape ever to beat the Beast Incarnate or whatever. Or if he was playing a bad guy, he would use it as like that whole elitist attitude that we were talking about, like the hardliners and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so it was more of like a parody of like what was going on in society at that time, like that whole perception of like, oh, I'm straight edge, therefore I am better than you kind of thing. But he's, he's playing a character. And then like one of the people he was using that against was Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that's the guy. Who had a hit, who has a current history like of falling off the wagon due to his drug and alcohol abuse or whatever. It's pretty sad, but like it's, wrestling's a soap opera or whatever, right? And it's, uh, you know, blurs the line between reality and, uh, you know, fiction and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, no, that's what that is. In real life, you know, he's that part of his life. He's not so much of a dick. But even so, like, there's people within the straight edge community, apparently, that don't view CM Punk as true straight edge because, like, he has, or prior to him getting married, he had a lot of promiscuous sex. He was vegan for a while and then stopped being vegan because his health started to decline, so he had to start eating fish. So, I mean, it, it it's his whole journey with straight edge is, like, a perfect analogy for the whole topic in itself so it is what it is it is what it is indeed um yeah i, I don't know i i thought it was just like a gimmick i thought it was like a poser straight edge guy but i don't know i don't i don't really know that much about him but um i know he wears a lot of blackhawk stuff because a big blackhawks fan mm-hmm. yeah i think i'm gonna you know what how many weeks do we have left in this year because i i mentioned on the patreon that i wanted to wear a blackhawks jersey i'm gonna i'm gonna wear a different jersey Every episode from now until the end of the year, I'm oh, committed wow. to. I'm committed to that. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, dude. Even if you have to spend money to like make up that promise. Oh, dude, I have how many weeks are in a year? Fifty two. I have more than fifty two jerseys. I, different if, sporting teams. If not, I can let you borrow my Penny Hardaway one that I n- I've never worn. So yeah, I definitely have more than fifty two jerseys. So, wow. Yeah, in different sporting teams. Do you I would. Just, do I you would, have like your own closet or something? Or I what? do have my own closet. Oh wow! I have. I actually no. So I have a closet of nothing but jerseys. Wow. So yeah, that one's just jerseys alone. Wow. And like just sports stuff alone. I have like a Matt Forte signed helmet in there. It's all you know. It's all down the line shit. Like one day, I, I imagine I will own a home. Right now, inflation's too high. So, <laughs> but uh, one day that'll happen, and like I'll. I'll proudly display. I have a, I have a George Gerben autograph thing where it's like George Gerben and Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. both autograph. 
that one means a lot not to get all emo and close the episode out this way but i was like that's kind of like me and jacob we're like they're like they're like holding hands they're like they're like kind of like arm wrestling in the air and I'm, I, every time I see that, I'm like, that's like me and Jacob, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the next shirt yeah. or whatever. Yeah. We'll just like superimpose like our heads yeah. like on those guys. So I have anyway. no problem being Magic Johnson minus the, the HIV. But anyways, <laughs> with that said, everybody, like Art said, if we got something wrong or if you want to come on or if you just want to make a comment on this episode, hit us up on the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1 because God damn it, son, that's just how a steak is done. Uh, with that said, guys, if you want to help support this podcast, I highly, highly, highly recommend heading on over to patreon.com slash art and Jacob do America. Uh, head on over there uh, where we record a bonus episode every single week. And like I tell you guys, week in and week out, nine times out of ten, those episodes are more fire than the actual episode that you're getting today for free. So head on over there, donate $1, donate $15, donate $15 for one year, and then go down to $1 like our boy Jesus Gutierrez. Don't think I didn't see that, but it's all good. It's all good. It's all Dude, we should, I, I was going to mention this to you. Like, people that, like, downgrade or, like, stop being um, um, Patreon supporters, we should, like, call them and like put them on blast like on a on a live episode and be like Jesus Gutierrez why did you stop the the ten dollar tier one or whatever like or why did you like tough times or what's going on over there we just put it that that's like an old only episode thing where it's like that'll be the Patreon episode by itself where we just Art and Jacob put people on blast. Damn we hardline financial the fuck out issues. Of- <laughs> <laughs> that is the option too. Yeah. It's like my financial situation has changed or whatever. Yeah. Hey, but guys, it's all good. Like I always tell everybody who donates more than one dollar. Like you don't have to. Like I feel guilty taking uh, that more than a dollar. So, uh, but one dollar does secure a hundred and nine Patreon episodes that we have now recorded, and then every single week you can expect a Patreon episode uh, in your feed. So head on over there, support us that way. Uh, if you want to help support us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the official website at artandjacobdoamerica.com, uh, where Art has designed a lovely website for your viewing pleasure. Uh, just click on the merch links. It'll take you to our official store uh, where you can buy yourself a T-shirt. You can buy yourself a sweatshirt. You can, I think you can get yourself some sweatpants, make your dick hanging down to your fucking knees or whatever you want to do, whatever, right? Uh, and you'll see four different uh, logos that you can apply those to. Uh, and it's not so much to help us financially, uh, but it does help get the good word of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast out there. We'll probably get like 12, 13 cents from anything that you buy from there, us there. Uh, I like that better because it's a one-time thing you can do. And then like when you're out there in the world, you're buying your beer, you're buying, or you're buying your Bartles and James or your fucking Pat, or what's the non-alcoholic one? Um, Odules. Odules. You're buying your Odules. You like to taste the beer, but you want to stay on the edge. Buy his Art and Jacob Do America t-shirt. <laughs> that lets everybody know in the fucking uh, grocery store you're not only you're you're straight edge but you're also a, a loyal listener of our podcast and have incredibly bad taste in alcoholic beverages <laughs> or now alcoholic beverages. Uh, but with that said, guys, if you want to listen to other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the Podbelly Network over at Podbelly.com. Check out our boys over at the Self King Podcast. No, they are not straight edge because they try a different whiskey every single week. Uh, so check them out over there. We beat them to the punch. They're like the Simpsons. They've covered every single topic, but they have not talked about Straight Edge. So up until they cover that that episode, I think we have the best podcast on Straight Edge right today on. at this time. So check them out as well as Hillbilly Horror Stories and Robots for Eyes. But with that said, Art, you got anything else before I sign off? 
Um, that's it. Oh yeah, Robots for Rise. So they posted like this like Q and A thing, and uh, they were like posting like questions or whatever. And I was like, when when are you cowards gonna come on the Art and Jacob do America <laughs> podcast? That was my question for them, <laughs> which was never answered. Ah, uh, so. goddamn it. So yeah, so that question's still out there in the universe. Oh so. damn it. We're looking at you, Robots <laughs> versus Eyes. So with that said, guys, I love you. Goodbye and good night.
probably at that point. He was in 11th grade and was like dying, you know. And so yeah, I, I was opposed to alcohol at that moment. Yeah. But um, I think by heart, I just didn't do it. So then, uh, you know, I kind of declared that, like as a punk rocker, that was my deviancy. Like I was a freak because I didn't get high. I was a freak because I didn't drink. And um, I started to write a song about it. The first song I wrote about it was really in the teen I wrote a song called I Drink Milk. And it was a joke, you know. He said, you know, everyone was like, this is beer. And I was like, I drink milk, you know. And the lyrics were absurd, totally absurd lyrics. Um, but the response was so vicious, and I thought, all right, like, did I write a song straight edge? Which is really a song about, you know, my life, live my life just the way I want to. It's about person's right to live how he or she wants to live. That's it. Well, and, and, and ironically, was heavily inspired by a song by Jimi Hendrix, If Six Were Nine. Uh, and in that song, he says, uh, I'm the one who has to die, it's time for me to die, so let me live my life the way I want to. And I thought, yeah. I mean, that's the reality for all of us. It's our fucking lives. We should be able to live how we want to live. Barring not injuring the people next to us, right? Um, so, uh, or any, any people, not just next to us. So, um, I, uh, so I wrote the song Straight Edge about that. And you have to keep in mind that the amount of people I was singing to were fewer than we were sitting in the room at the moment. It did not occur to me that this was going to be something that would be like heard outside the context of my own weird Washington, D.C. punk scene. I wasn't thinking beyond that. I certainly wasn't thinking that I'd be sitting in the, you know, the auditorium of the court and talking about it for 30-some years. You know, we're different. <laughs> uh, I was singing to my friends. Uh, after that, you know, came out, it started in the dialogue. And I can tell you, when my friends started to tour, the first movements we ran into were counter strategy movements. We'd get to a town, some guy would we're curved edge. We're the vintage movement. You know, like, we're the round edge. <laughs> they were bands. They, you know, they all want to fight. Actually, they really want to do is run up stage and tear my shirt off. I lost so many shirts in that. This is a shirt. I didn't say anything on the shirt. You know, I'm a shirt. Like, I like having a shirt. Um, but the, um, but you know, other people imagine to be a movement. And I would say that 90% of the people who identify as or with straight edge are really just trying to do the right thing in their lives and more power to them. I'm really glad that I wrote a song about sobriety, not about heroin. I think a lot about people write songs about glamorizing heroin. And if people are emulating me um, and not getting high, then I assume people are emulating the people who sing about heroin, and some of them die. And I feel the same about gangster rap. All these guns, a lot of people died because they're emulating some song or something. I'm not against gangster rap, it's just an interesting scenario. Uh, so, uh, having said that, there's a small percentage of people involved with straight edge or, or have in the past involved with something they call straight edge who have used that as a, as a, as a device in which to uh, exercise their own demons, their own violence. And uh, they've, they've, they've approached it as a sort of fundamentalist uh, call, and in doing so have done a lot of damage. And that's too bad. But that's a phenomenon that is a human problem. Uh, it does not relegate it to straight edge. It, it 
it's in, it's in every nation, in every church, and most football stadiums. So, we're always going to be in the fight. It's like that, man. It's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.